With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Eye on Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to the Eye on Foxborough podcast. I'm Chris Mason. On today's episode, I'll be joined by Mark Daniels as we break down a 15 to 10 rock fight in the Meadowlands. It was an ugly, ugly game, but the Patriots will tell you there is no ugly win. And they're finally into the win column at one and two on the season. We've got a full episode for you today where we're going to dive into Zach Wilson's futility. Is he the worst quarterback you've ever seen? Maybe, right? Uh, We'll get into the concern level with Juju Smith-Schuster. An alleged low blow from Mac Jones, Ezekiel Elliott's emergence, and more. But before we get to that, I've got a couple promo codes for you. At Caesars, with promo code MASKET, if you get $50, you will get $250 in bonus bets. And at BetMGM, if you use promo code MASLIVE, you'll get a deposit match up to $1,000. One bet that I really like on tonight's Monday night slate is Eagles minus five at Tampa Bay. I know you're probably thinking, road favorite? Buccaneers are home dogs? Uh, no. The Eagles are just a much, much better team. I like I like their chances in this one. I think they're going to cover pretty easily. All right, and now let's get to the pod. Welcome back to Ion Foxborough. I'm Chris Mason, joined by Mark Daniels, and we are here to break down an absolute rock fight in the Meadowlands. The Patriots took 15-10. to 10. Mark, how you doing today, man? Well, Chris, I have to be honest, I'm, I'm tired. Um, for those who don't know, we we like to drive to the Meadowlands. We like to drive to New Jersey and then and then drive back. Um, me, things were going great for me and Chris until there was a massive accident on the Merritt Parkway, which is a two-lane highway, and we couldn't go anywhere because a tree fell in a car. So, you know, that added a bit to our commute. So, you know, I'm a bit sluggish today. I'd say I'm feeling like how Zach Wilson, the Jets offense, and the Patriots offense played yesterday. Sluggish. Sluggish as hell. Um, yeah, right off the bat, I think that was probably my biggest takeaway from the game is just how bad Zach Wilson looks where 
it it feels hyperbolic, but he might be the worst starting NFL quarterback I've seen. And this could be also because, you know, we've seen him five times now. He's 0-5 against Belichick. And Bill just has a way of making him look completely lost. You know, and people will point to, oh, he didn't turn the ball over yesterday. It's like, well, he did take a safety, and he still completed 50% of his passes on a day when the Patriots were absolutely daring the Jets to throw the ball. They came out in their base defense, played more of that than we had seen basically just inviting the pass and Zach Wilson couldn't do anything. Zach Wilson was 18 to 36 for 157. Half of his incomplete passes, Chris, were thrown away. Think about that. Like Patriots were playing a blend of man and zone. They were playing a lot of zone coverage. You're right. They, they were daring him to throw the ball and he couldn't. And so it's like, I'm watching this game over again this morning and I'm like, you know what? Zach Wilson is by far the worst quarterback I've ever seen start this many games in the NFL. Like, you know, there's, there's been some backups here or there against the Pats that have been pretty bad. Zach Wilson's atrocious. Like the jets have to do something else. They have to call Matt Ryan or, or Carson Wentz. Honestly, maybe call the Patriots about Bailey Zappi because Bailey Zappi is better than Zach Wilson. It, it was, it was so bad. That it's one of those things you say, you know what? The Patriots got in there. They got out, they got a win. You know, that's great. That's, that's the most important thing, right? Just getting a win in the win column. But, man, does it help having Zach Wilson in the division for for one more year and and two games on the schedule? Yeah, it'll be interesting to me to see if they even go a step further and go after someone like Kirk Cousins with the Vikings 0-3 now. Like, if that keeps going that way and he's in the last year of a deal, like, the Jets think they have a win-now roster. And if you look at it, they're pretty good, pretty good everywhere except quarterback. Um, But, I mean, yesterday the Patriots also showed that if you sell out against the run against them, you can stop Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. You know, they finished with 36 combined yards between the two of them, averaged less than two yards a carry. It's not like it's not like they um, can just wave a magic wand and fix that. No, I mean, if the Jets are going to be successful, they have to run the ball. But, you know, actually, yeah, they, they actually ran. It was, it was 22 carries, 38 yards, average 1.7 yard per carry. You can't do that when Zach Wilson's your quarterback. And the Patriots, you know, to their credit, their their front seven's awesome. They're they're really elite. They have a lot of good players up front. And you know, this this Patriots defense is stacked. You know, we we saw it against Jalen Hurts and, and the Eagles in Week One. The defense played well. And then you know, hell, on Sunday the Miami Dolphins go and score seventy points. And I think that puts what the Patriots did to them into perspective, right? Because the Patriots held them what it was like what 24, 25 points they gave up against the Dolphins yep. at home. They kept Tyreek Hill in check. They kept Tua in check. Like, Mike McDaniel is a great offensive coach. But when Miami goes out and scores 70, Chris, I say, you know what? Patriots have an elite defense. And that it was just it was another reminder. It was a sloppy game inside, you know, in East Rutherford, New Jersey. You know, they, they got the win. They're relatively healthy, right? I mean, are there concerns? Yes. Do you have any concerns with the, the healthiness of, say, their defensive tackles, of, of Cole Strange? There, there are some things to sort of monitor, right, heading into this week. Yeah, but I don't think health is a huge concern, um, especially just given the depth that they have on, in the front seven there, where you have Anthony Jennings getting a start, Keon White starting, Sam Roberts starting. And these are guys that, you know, you didn't expect to be the contributors at the start of the year. They start in the Meadowlands and they play really, really well. Jennings particularly caught my eye where they clearly didn't feel like they held the edge well enough against the Dolphins. Wanted to address that with a a sturdier edge player in Jennings. And I thought he was awesome in this game. Well, that that brings me up to a a point here that I, I actually like about this coaching staff this year, both offense and defense. You see them, you know, week to week adjusting on the fly. 
And now with the defense, that's that's how it's been with Bill Belichick forever. They they're they're a game plan defense. We we always say that. Offensively, though, we didn't see that last year. And what one interesting thing on offense was the wrinkle on Sunday with Farrell Brown playing fullback, playing a little bit more three tight end sets. The Patriots actually under Bill O'Brien, hey, fullback, fullback's back, fullback is back in play in, in New England. I'm I'm thrilled. I think the Patriots' offense runs better. With with those those type of sets, I thought that's been missing since you know the days of Jakob Johnson and, and James Devlin. I thought offensively, Chris, this left a lot to be desired, and I don't want to be the man who continues to give excuses for Mac Jones and his group. The elements, it was the inclement weather was was tough on them. The turf at MetLife, it kind of looked horrible from the press box. Players were slipping. Some of the passes, you know, were were it was just it was a tough day. I'd say offensively, but I. I also left this game just saying, you know what? I like some of the new wrinkles Bill O'Brien has put in. Now, the Patriots have not scored over 20 points, which is an issue. But I I do kind of like the direction we're heading in with what Bill O'Brien is doing every week where we're seeing new things because that didn't happen last year, and I felt like it was a big issue. Yeah, I think our bar is just so, so low after last season that like seeing new things is like, oh, yeah, it's like, you know, it's really encouraging. (laughs) Right. Um, I, I did have some issues with the third down play calling in the second half. I think there were a lot of low percentage throws that it's just, especially in the elements that you're talking about. I don't think they were smart. They weren't terribly well executed. Well, they obviously weren't well executed because they weren't being picked up, you know? So there's some stuff there, but I, I think it's encouraging. I mean, the Farrell Brown touchdown is the perfect example of having an offense, like a competent offense coordinator who schemed that up. And obviously, you know, basically rope a doped the Jets defense on play action and had Farrell Brown wide open. Like, but that's the other issue is that like three games in the season, Farrell Brown has your most explosive offensive play by far. The blocking and then, shouldn't be holding that mantle. Well, and as you said, like the th- third down play calling, I, I went back when I watched the second half, I was like, what, what was going on in third down? And the truth is this people, people are not getting open for the Patriots. And, and that was an issue last year. I think the one the one route I really, really liked that caught my eye was Kendrick Bourne beat Sauce Gardner on third down. It might have been a 14-yard yeah. catch. But, you know, Kendrick comes out of this game four or five for 46 yards, which is, you know, fine for, you know, a backup receiver um, at number number three. Kendrick Bourne right now is your number one receiver, like, through three weeks. Yeah. Kendrick, you know, like, I, everyone go go to Mass Live. Google Kendrick Bourne Mass Live. I wrote a feature on Kendrick last week. He's in great shape. He's, his mindset's completely different from a year ago when he was in the doghouse. He's playing well. He him beating Sauce Gardner just like one or two times and catching a couple big balls is, is big for him. The problem, problem though, Chris, it's not happening with Juju Smith Schuster, Devontae Parker, and I'd say even you know Demario Douglas. He got out of the doghouse, but you know, he, he caught one pass for, for 15 yards. The, the Patriots need people to win off the line of scrimmage. When it's third and six, third and eight, who, who's the go-to guy here? And and through three weeks, I don't think Mac Jones has it. I don't think he has his go-to guy, which for me is is going to be a continued storyline because as you know, as we know in New England, this quote unquote offensive weapons talk, it's not going away. And people have been harping on it for a while now. Yeah, it feels like Hunter Henry is still kind of his go-to guy to the point where he forced one of those third down throws into like triple coverage. Hunter got yeah. smoked and it was like, yeah, any good defense, if you're trying to defend Mac Jones, the first thing you should do is have an extra set of eyes on Hunter Henry because I think he's his guy. And that's just not sustainable. But I do want to dive into Juju a little more here. 
So he finished that game with one catch for five yards. He's up to 10 catches for 66 yards in his first three games. Just doesn't look explosive. What's your concern level with him right now? It's it's sky high. He's he's your most he's your highest paid receiver. He's the guy who came in here to replace Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, as we all know, led the Patriots in receiving the past three years. Jacoby Myers, if anyone's watching, is actually playing very, very well out west for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, Jacoby missed week two with a concussion. However, yesterday on Sunday, he had nine catches. I'm sorry, seven catches for 85 yards. And in week one, he had nine catches for 81 and two touchdowns. And two games played, Jacoby Myers has 16 receptions for 166 yards in three games. Juju Smith-Schuster has 10 catches for 66 yards. Jacoby Myers has been more productive in each game he's played than Juju Smith-Schuster has been in three weeks. And, and the problem here, Chris, he doesn't look explosive. I, it looks like something's wrong with his lower body and, and his knee that was injured in what the AFC Championship game. Something is off here. I don't. I don't necessarily think it's a. It's a matter of who Juju is. It's. Not, I don't think it's his mindset. I don't think it's his work ethic. I don't think it's. I don't even think it's the playbook. I, I think he doesn't look explosive. So for me, you know. It, it looks like the Patriots brought in a guy to be their number one receiver, and he's not healthy enough to be their number one receiver. It's really interesting in talking to him a little bit, too, where he's trying to say all the right things, but is also kind of being honest. And it ends up being a little double talk where last week we asked him, you know, are you 100 percent right now? He said, yeah, yeah, I'm 100 percent. But, you know, I'm still working on the knee every day. It's getting stronger every day. And, you know. When you say that, the two things contradict each other, right? If he's 100 percent, the knee isn't still getting stronger. The knee is back. So I, I do think that's an issue moving forward. And it's crazy that Jacoby missed the game with concussion and would easily be New England's leading receiver. Like without that game. So I think that's definitely an issue moving forward. And I know, Chris, jump in here again. I know he told, you know, Juju told our own Karen Gregan that, you know, he, he starts slow. You know, I, you know, sometimes I just start slow. I got to be honest. That's not true. His his slowest start prior to this year was his rookie season, right? But after his rookie season, let's just go dive into the numbers. 2018, Juju's second year in the NFL. Starts the year catching three. his first three games, 119 yards, 121 yards, 116 yards. Let's go to year three. First three games, 78 yards, 84 yards, 81 yards. Hell, he had a down year in 2020, but even that year it was 69 yards, 48 yards, 43 yards for the Steelers. Yeah, and then he he was injured in 2021, still started off 52 yards, 41 yards, 25 yards. And then last year, Kansas City Chiefs, you get Pat Mahomes. He catches 79 yards in week one, 10 yards only in week two, but then bounces back 89 yards in week three. So now you look at what he's done here, 33 yards, 28 yards, five yards. This is not a matter of, oh, I start slow. This is a matter of, hey, man, something's off and it's it's not great for the Patriots. Yeah, and you just can't you just can't pull that in the era of pro football reference where it's like, oh, really? <laughs> right. I remember he said that we were both like, oh, I, I wonder because obviously we haven't followed him that closely, you know, down to the game log, and it's like, oh, now we can go look this up, and the stats do not back up what you're saying. All right, and one player on the Jets who wasn't terribly thrilled with Mac Jones on Sunday afternoon was Sauce Gardner, who after a quarterback sneak, it was a kind of a chippy play to begin with, where Mac kept going through the whistle couple Jets defenders threw him down after the whistle. But then when he got up, something happened. You couldn't really see it. And then Sauce Gardner started going after him. They kind of had to be separated as Mac went back to the huddle. It's a bizarre moment. And afterwards, Sauce said it was because of a low blow from Mac Jones. 
Here's his quote. That's probably the first time that's ever happened to me, Gardner said. He got tackled. He reached out to me to get to help him up. I just moved his hand out of the way. He got up and then came up to me like, good job. While he was saying that, he hit me in my private parts. I didn't react like I really wanted to. I definitely wasn't expecting that. First time for everything, I guess. Gardner added that he felt like he needed to, quote, ice up after being hit below the belt. Quote, he's trying to prevent me from having kids in the future. So that's a thing, huh? Uh, Mark, what do you make of this? Chris, I have to be honest. It's 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 hard. It's hard to make something out of it because I haven't seen it. You know, like like there's there's no replay of this online. Like we covered the NFL. There are cameras everywhere. How does how does no one on social media have have a copy of this? Like, come on, I want to see it. So it sounds like he's saying after the play, Jones told him good job and tried to hit him below the belt. And then after the play, he did push Mac Jones down to the ground, but Mac Jones flopped. Mac Jones through three years has um a low light film of what do we want to call him? Dubious moments. Um, it started really his call rookie him, year. Call him Marshawn moments. Yeah, his rookie year. You know, he grabbed on to Brian. What was it? Brian Burns' leg, Carolina. He, I believe he got fined for that. And then there was the Eli Apple block. He got fined for that. There were a couple moments in his game against the Bears where it looked like he tried to kick someone. And one of them was, I believe, Roquan Smith. He slid. And he did kick him in, you know, the nether regions. I'll be honest, that one, it looked to me like his cleat got caught on the ground. And I thought people made too big of a deal out of it. But when you have a history of things like this happening, you know, it's it's hard to get the benefit of the doubt. Now, I, I did read something saying the NFL was looking into the claim that he, that Jones, quote, flicked Sauce Gardner and the family jewels and, you know, maybe he'll get maybe he'll get fined again. He got fined twice last year, actually, if you remember in one game. And one of the times it was for um there was a fumble and essentially the referees blew the whistle dead, but the ball came out of the pile and Mac tried to jump back on it. But when he did it, he essentially jumped on another player because he did that after the whistle, he got he got fined. Um I, I that that right there, what what Mac did was almost to me reminiscent of what happened. And, and hear me out here. He's going for a QB sneak. They need to pick up one yard. They fail. The whistle blows. What does Mac do? He keeps trying to go, right? The, the the Jets players ended up tossing him to the ground. But what Mac has to do and get out of the habit of doing is playing beyond the whistle because he's a quarterback. Like, right? Just stop, right. man. Well, you got stuffed. Stop. Like That's I why think, none of the Jets know? got a 15 for throwing him to the ground there is because he was the one that kept going forward and kept playing through it. So they're going to keep playing through it. And that that's kind of how that all happens. I just, I mean, I have a hard time getting like up in arms about stuff like this, where it, it's a, it's definitely a little weaselly, you know. There's definitely a little weaselyness to the game, but I know it's kind of like the Marshawn comparison is interesting because of the weasel aspect, but I also don't think that some of the stuff that Max doing is as malicious as like the things that Marshawn's been suspended for. Like that sort of line has never really been crossed. It's like. Slightly dirty, but at the end of the day, I don't know. It's football. It's contact sport. It's, you know, I don't know. You're trying to get in people's heads. And I I have a hard time, like, clutching pearls over uh, a little uh, little low blow heading back to the back to the huddle. And and, and let's be honest. Like, uh, people like to pick on Mac Jones. He's a, he's a really easy target. He's a he's a goofy. 
human being who's been this average quarterback in the NFL. It's an easy target. And and in his history of doing stuff like this, it's not going to help him. And until it, it stops happening, the narrative will not go away. I mean, I, I just read on Pro Football Focus where they declare that Mac Jones is a dirty player. You know, it, it's it's hard to argue with, against it. It stick up for Mac until it really stops happening. But with the Sauce Garden thing, man, I need I need the, I need the film. I, I need the film. I mean, I've been I've been watching it on Twitter all morning, and like, it just you can't see it, man. I I need, I need a new angle. Yeah, and like I don't know the dirty player stuff in the NFL doesn't really resonate with me. Where like Rodney Harrison was supposed to be the dirtiest player in the league, right? When he came to New England, and it's like okay, and he's one of the most beloved Patriots of all time. I don't, I don't think it's really, I think that people get way too worked up about tags like that and everything where Max definitely not helping himself with doing these, like they're, they're not necessarily dirty. They're just weaselly. It's a lot of little weaselly things. That's the way I put it. But I, I, I you know, I not going to lose any sleep over it. Well, you're not going to lose sleep over it, but Hey, at the end of the day, the Patriots have to score more than 20 points and, and Mac Jones and the offense does, does have to step up. So, you know, Will you, will you take a Weasley moment every now and then if Max throwing for 400 with four touchdowns and no interception? Of course. But, you know, th- things have to get better here, you know, going going forward. And I just thought, Chris, this was a really hard game to come away with some decisive takeaway on offense. Like the weather stunk. The Jets have a really good defense. The Jets always play the Patriots relatively tough. It, it, for me, I, I came out of it just kind of with a shrug emoji. I'm like, all right, yeah. the, the run game, right? The run game that's, to me was the, was the biggest takeaway. And like, Chris, what do you what do you make right now of Zeke Elliott versus Ramondre Stevenson? Because Ramondre Stevenson right now is averaging 2.8 yards per carry. Zeke is over four. Ramondre should be, I think, your best player on offense. And just it hasn't it hasn't happened for him on the ground. Like, what's what's your concern level with when it comes to Ramondre Stevenson? It's not terribly high because you have Zeke now. And I think that gives you the luxury of kind of riding the hot hand on any given day if you want to go that route. Um, Zeke was my biggest takeaway from that game where he looked smooth. He looked explosive. The first two games, it wasn't that way. And a lot of that probably has to do with the offensive line, too, where, you know, it looks like you could have your starting five moving forward here, provided Cole Strange is healthy enough to go. But it looks like Zeke has his legs back under him. And I think that's a really big development for them. You know, they finished with 100, what, 157 total rushing yards in this game. 157, yep, 140 yep. And You'll take that any day. And against Dallas next week, who was just absolutely gashed by the Arizona Cardinals on the ground, like you want to see more of that. And I'm sure, obviously, I mean, we don't even have to go into the Zeke going back to Dallas and the motivation there and everything. It's it's It goes without saying, it's going to be huge. Um, so I think he could be primed for another big week next week. And I, I was really encouraged by what he showed in a bad weather day in the Meadowlands. Rewatching the game, I, I didn't put it on Ramondre Stevenson. Um, I, I thought Cole Strange struggled. And, I, you know, I had him down. The Patriots gave up five quarterback hits, by the way, all in the first half. And I had two down for... For Cole Strange, um, th- there was nothing really happening on the interior there on, on the left side. And I think that's an issue. I I don't think it'll be a long term issue. I think what's happening with with Cole Strange and maybe a bit with Michael Wenu, but not as much. Um, is that he just it's taking him some time to get back in football shape after the knee injury this summer. You know, it's hard. You know, it's it's hard for some of these players who they miss most of training camp. They're not being hit. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, here you here you are, and you have one padded pa- practice a week to get back in shape. Right. And then we're gonna throw you into the fire. And I think Cole Strange's struggles have led to some of um 
these, I'd say, poor inside runs by Ramondre. You know, I think Ramondre will finish the season, you know, with another solid year. I think Ramondre Stevenson and Michael Wenu, as they get healthier, things will improve. I have faith it'll prove, and that's why, honestly, I think the Patriots' offense will get better. I think we'll see it get better. You said that. You said it too. They might have their starting five with Adarian Lowe. I think the arrow is pointing up, but Chris, it's going to need to point out because Dallas is coming off a tough game, but Dallas also scored 70 points in the first two games. So you're going to need to score over 20 points for the first time this season if you want to beat the Dallas Cowboys in their home stadium. Right, and you have no no weather excuses. There's, there's no nothing. You just finally go out and do it, you know? Put it all together. Just do it. I think that about does it for this episode of Ion Foxborough. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you on down the trail. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live.